Stephen Mosher. He's the president of the Population Research Institute. He's got information and uh, evidence that the China flu that we have all just been enduring for the last two and a half years, the Wuhan flu or the China virus, whatever it is you want to call it, is not China's first foray, foray excuse me, into this entire thing. Uh, China has been responsible for no less than four pandemics. And this one, the fourth, COVID, is not going to be the last. This is something that Stephen Mosher covers in his book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. Uh, it's obvious. It's out there in plain sight for people to see. The Chinese Communist Party has a long history of covering up epidemics within China and then pandemics globally. Um, and they have, uh, you know, they have essentially used germs and used disease and used viruses as a as a bioweapon. And that's something we should never doubt or even have a reason to to try to doubt because again we are talking about a communist party that is willing to slaughter people by the thousands which they're doing right now uh in terms of the uh in terms of the um uh the Muslims, the Chinese Muslims uh in that country. They are slaughtering them, the the Uyghur Muslims, they are uh, putting them in concentration camps. These are people that have no regard, talking about the Chinese communist leaders, not every person in China, of course, uh, and not every Chinese person that's around the world. This is the Chinese Communist Party, not the Chinese population. People should always be very clear about that. Uh, but but they are, they're literally inhumane. They're literally subhuman. They do not view the people that they experiment on and the people that they uh, commit these atrocities upon. They don't care that they're human. They don't believe that they're human. So the idea that what they have done is, is you know, going to be the end of it is, is simply naive. We do have Stephen Mosher now, after all. He is the president of the Population Research Institute and the author of the upcoming book a little bit later this month, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. Stephen, good to have you on the program. How are you this morning? It's good to be here with you. Okay, so... Um, I was just kind of laying out some of what you wrote, uh, you know, you, you know, the excerpt uh, from the politically incorrect guide to pandemics that ran in the in the uh, New York Post and a couple of other things. Um, tell us about Chinese commun uh, the Chinese Communist Party's history with pandemics. You claim that this is the fourth they are responsible for, and that using viruses and germ warfare and bio uh, bioweaponry is uh, is something they have done for some time and will continue to do in the future. Well, it is, certainly. Uh, they took over the Japanese bioweapons facilities in Manchuria after the end of the Chinese Civil War in 1949. And they've been working on bioweapons ever since. Now, they got a lot more sophisticated uh, in the early years of this century, the 21st century. Why? Because we were funding uh, their research uh, through Dr. Anthony Fauci and his, you know, his Institute of uh, Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which has a six six billion dollar budget every year some of that money was going indirectly to china to the wuhan institute of virology and you know fauci may have thought he was funding noble scientific research to prevent a pandemic but when the pla bioweapons experts saw the technology and saw what they could do with it they immediately thought of weaponizing it and that's what they've been doing they've been doing ever since so it's our technology uh, funded in part with our money uh, being used to devise a bioweapon that was used against us. Is there any reason to believe that our 
doctors and our, you know, people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, the National Institute of Health and others, are ever going to be held accountable for their role in this? Because that, I mean, that's an accessory to, to mass murder as far as I'm concerned. Well, I, I agree with you. But, you know, two and a half years into the pandemic, if they haven't been held accountable so far, and my goodness, uh, Dr. Fauci was actually promoted uh, as soon as Joe Biden came into office. He's now uh, in the White House. He's no longer the, the head of the uh, an institute in, in the National Institutes of Health. He's in the White House himself advising the president on a, on a daily basis. So, yeah, he's been, he's been rewarded uh, for his, uh, his uh, mistakes. And, of course, uh, the People's Republic of China has not been punished for releasing a bioweapon on the world. They've not been punished for causing millions of deaths and trillions of dollars in economic damage. And, and my fear is that if they're, if they're not punished, if there is no demand for reparations, if the people who suffered from the China flu are not somehow compensated, uh, China will do it again because they came out of this in a stronger position, whereas the rest of the world, especially the West and the United States, came out of it in a much weaker position. Uh, why wouldn't they do it again? Uh, we are talking with Stephen Mosher. Uh, Stephen is the author of the upcoming book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. He's the president of the Population Research Institute. One more question on China before I talk about where this pandemic, this particular one, and the variants and subvariants are headed here, thanks to new rhetoric being advanced by the CDC and Dr. Fauci and others. Um, of course, China is not going to face any punishment. Of course, they're not going to face any international sanctions. Do they not essentially run the WHO, the same WHO, World Health Organization, whose leader, uh, Tedros, has declared that this pandemic, the one that we are still dealing with right now, is only going to get worse as, worse as the uh, uh, rest of this year goes on, telling us it is, uh, it is something that still has to be reckoned with. And the same man whom... Uh, we, as a part of another, you know, UN uh, contingent, uh, contingent of nations, uh, essentially gave unchecked unilateral power to decide what nations like ours do in the event of a global health emergency, as determined only by Tedros and the WHO itself. Yeah, uh, Dr. Tedros Cabrisis, uh from Ethiopia, which has received billions of dollars in aid from the Chinese Communist Party's Belt and Road Program mm-hmm. is a proxy for China. He was supported uh, for the uh, position in the first place as the head of WHO by by the uh, Chinese government, and of course the Obama administration went along with it. And of course, he's the guy who, in January of 2020, when the uh, outbreak was just beginning in Wuhan, I uh, went to Beijing and talked to Xi Jinping, China's dictator, and came out smiling, saying the Chinese have this well in hand. Uh, there's no human-to-human transmission. We don't need to worry about it becoming a pandemic. All of which, you know, every every single word uh, was a lie, of course. Uh, he was just repeating, parroting, if you will. He was parroting what he had been told by the Chinese Communist Party leader. So, no, I don't trust, trust Dr. Uh, Tedros, uh, who's not a medical doctor at all, by the way. Uh, the World Health Organization has failed us. And uh, for the life of me, I don't understand why. Uh, the Biden administration decided to refund it after uh, Donald Trump did the right thing uh, uh, two years ago and cut off money to this organization, a health organization that uh, actually helped in various ways to spread a pandemic around the world. It's not an organization we should be funding it yet. Uh, we're funding it again. So um, there are no penalties for China. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, President Biden now talks about uh, lifting the tariffs that Trump put on China. 
There's no penalty for China for releasing fentanyl in the United States and killing 100,000 young Americans, and no penalty for releasing a pandemic on the world and on the United States. Let me ask you this. We're talking with Stephen W. Mosier, author of The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics, which is coming out a little bit later this month. That's a regnery book. Um, I want to know what role the pharmaceutical companies play in all of this. Are they just standing by and are the beneficiaries of what China is doing, what communist China is doing, releasing these pandemics on the world and saying, we're here to, uh, you know, to promote these, uh, these non-vaccine vaccines and we're just cleaning up. Are they just the beneficiaries of it and are collecting billions and billions of dollars selling things that are not actually, um, intended to inoculate people against infection? Uh, or are they part of this? Are they a bigger player in the, in the formation or the, um, you know, the release of this, this bioweapon on the world? Well, certainly they, they uh, profited mightily from the, uh, from the pandemic. I mean, $100 billion in profit last year for Pfizer and Moderna. And, of course, they have, they're a huge influence in Washington, D.C. I think the last count, Pfizer has 84 uh, well, well-paid lobbyists in Washington, D.C. There are almost as many Pfizer lobbyists as there are senators in the U.S. Senate. Uh, and they're busy going from office to office every day talking about the wonders of these, uh, these new mRNA vaccines. And then you got uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was so enamored by the idea that we could take over the genetic machinery of human beings and use it to produce um, uh, protection against disease, that he's been trying and failing with these mRNA vaccines for the last 25 years. He's tried it on various diseases. He's failed every time. Uh, And, of course, he he went down the same road uh, to produce a so-called vaccine, which is not a vaccine. It's experimental gene therapy. tricking the body into accepting an artificial virus that, uh, that uh, the drug companies produced, which actually is a toxin and uh, causes all kinds of problems down the road. So it's profit. It's the fact that they've been uh, immunized. The drug companies have been immunized against the lawsuits. Uh, you can't sue them uh, for the harm that the vaccine, so-called, is causing people. Uh, why wouldn't they go into vaccine production in a, in a big, big way? Uh, this is just a repeat. You know, in the, in the book, I talk about the, the swine flu hoax of uh, back in 1976 when a couple of people were diagnosed with what was thought to be a new swine flu. We inoculated 60 million people in this country against a non-existent virus. And then people started developing uh, Guillain-Barre disease and, and losing control of their muscles. And we stopped it after a few hundred cases were reported. Well, we've had uh, hundreds of thousands of cases of adverse medical consequences from these so-called vaccines, this experimental gene therapy, and and we're still, the government is still promoting uh, the vaccine. So what does that tell you about how corrupt uh, the American medical establishment, the big pharmaceutical companies, and and, uh, our politicians are in this age? Well, even as they push these new boosters, I mean, Moderna is out there right now saying their new booster is more effective targeting the now-dominant BA5 variant. Dr. Fauci is saying, get your third booster now, get your fourth one in the fall. They're pushing these things, and, you know, Stephen, um, what I don't understand is where the media is in all of this. You just mentioned hundreds of thousands of adverse events, many of them very, very serious, from, uh, from, you know, palsies to strokes to cardiac issues, you know, uh, um, 
uh, trying to remember the terminology for the uh, heart conditions for younger, healthy people that are getting the uh, yeah myocarditis, myocarditis and pericarditis. Thank you. Yeah. Those are the ones. So I mean, I mean, we're aware of these things, and the media is essentially pretending they're not happening. They continue to promote the quote safe and effective government-sponsored uh, uh, vaccinations, which are of course are non-vaccinations. But but why is it that uh, they are all in bed in this between big pharma, between China, between the WHO, between the NIH and the CDC and the national media? It's as if they're all conspiring and coordinating and colluding together. Uh, in fact, I don't know if they're, they're, they're coordinating together, but they're certainly working to the same end. Yeah. Uh, China spends millions and millions of dollars on advertising in the Washington Post, New York Times, and other, other uh, newspapers throughout the country. The Big Pharma, of course, spends hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising their, uh, their, uh, their drugs in the newspapers and, and on the major uh, you know, broadcast media. And then, of course, you've got the Biden administration. I don't know how much money. We may never know how much money the Biden administration has actually spent uh, telling uh, companies uh, like the New York Times and the Washington Post that they must not uh, encourage a vaccine hesitancy. So there's been huge amounts of money poured in from multiple sources uh, to, to try to convince us to, to take these experimental uh, gene therapies, so-called vaccines. And uh, what the other side is not able to get a word. I've, I have actually written articles that have been rejected by editors because they say we don't want to encourage vaccine hesitancy. But, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm telling everyone to be hesitant because this is an experimental vaccine. The side effects are mounting. I have a son who is only allowed to graduate from one of our uh, uh, military academies uh, at, at, if he accepted uh, the vaccine and he had heart problems subsequently. So uh, it, it has personally affected us. I know people in my circle of friends uh, who had the vaccine, uh, one woman in her 80s had the vaccine, died the next day suddenly. So I'm aware of, I'm aware personally in my circle of friends of people who suffered adverse effects. So I think there's a lot more out there that the media isn't reporting. I'm glad that we're talking about it today because we, we have to uh, alert people to the fact that uh, this, this causes lots of adverse medical consequences. And if I can tell the story of the, of the Spanish flu briefly, 1918, 1919, 40, 50 million people died around the world. And then the Spanish flu disappeared. But it didn't. It mutated. And we had variants in the years following. We're still, most of the seasonal flu that we have every year are descendants of the Spanish flu. Why don't they kill 40 or 50 million people? Because it's a very stupid virus that kills its host. Viruses become less deadly over time because they want to propagate, because they want to produce little viruses. And so the most deadliest strains are at the beginning of a pandemic, and then they become progressively less deadly over time. So we're still dealing with the sons and daughters of the Spanish flu today, although it's just the seasonal flu. That's what's happening to COVID. That's what we need to remind ourselves about the coronavirus. This is now a seasonal flu. The variants are going to be less and less serious over time. And we're just going to have to learn to live with it. Uh, this idea of getting a booster every year is, is nonsense. Well, unless they do what they do with the flu shots, and that is make it just recommended or, or you know, completely optional. The idea that this is mandated in any way, shape, or form is the, is the real issue here, because that, that makes us question the agenda. We are not forced yes. to get flu shots, most of us. Maybe people in the medical professions working in hospital settings and congregate settings, they are forced. But the vast population is not mandated to get flu shots. You can choose to do that if you wish. And uh, ultimately, I, I, I would hope that is what happens with the uh, long-term 
uh, COVID response. Stephen W. Mosier, president of the Population Research Institute, author of The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics, which is coming out on Regnery. I assume it's available for pre-order? It is, yes, uh, or available from us at pop.org, Population Research Institute's website, and I will be glad to send people a signed copy. That's pop.org. Perfect. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much for the time and the work you're putting into this. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.